Let's be honest for a second. No matter what level or experience you're at in business, work-life balance is one of the hardest things to juggle, in my opinion. And a lot of times, it takes you experiencing that stress and overwhelm to know your own threshold. But there's even more action that you can be taking to protect your health and your mind from feeling that burnout. And we are diving deeper into that in this episode. Hello, sunshine, and welcome back to the Gold Biz Podcast with me, your host, Rachel Traxler. This is a two-part series today, guest that I have with me, Val Marlene, who helps women creative entrepreneurs take back control of their money and their time, but she actually started out as a wedding photographer herself, so she knows that work-life balance struggle as well as the struggle of finances as a creative entrepreneur. So episode number one is all about work-life balance, and episode number two, will be all about finances. And we don't hold back in these ones. So grab your notebook or your phone notes and let's get ready. But before we dive into all that note taking, make sure you're entered into this month's giveaway by leaving a review on the Gold Biz Podcast. And each month I pick a winner to receive things from my shop, resources, merch, coaching, et cetera, anything like that. And you can be entered in each new month. So all you have to do is leave a review as much as you would like and you will be entered. All right, let's dive into it. We're going to welcome on Val. Okay, Val, well, I'm really excited to have you on the podcast finally. So it's really, really fun to have you here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Uh, Okay, I'm excited. We've got two episodes, like a two-part series that we're going to talk about. And the first one here, we're going to talk about work-life balance, which I feel like As an entrepreneur, it is something that we need to talk about because it doesn't have a rule book. It doesn't come with instructions. A lot of us were just thrown into it. We have to figure it out for ourselves. And everyone has different thresholds of what that means for them. And so I'm I'm so excited to have you talk about this topic, just have you give some really knowledgeable insights. I know you're going to just drop a whole bunch of bombs and golden nuggets on us. I'm really excited for it. But in your personal opinion, like, can you define like in your own words, what work-life balance means to you? So to me, it's really how I choose to spend my time and, and how I would want to value my time. So what is going to have the highest value in my life? And am I prioritizing that? And a lot of times, life is usually the higher priority for most people if you ask them. But when you look at the calendar, a lot of times that doesn't reflect that. So I think it's really based on value and priority. And sometimes we just have to bring those into alignment. Oh, oh my goodness. I, it's crazy that you say that. It's so, so true. Because if you ask anyone, it's like, oh, well, I want more time and more freedom. Yep. But we fill that time and freedom with things. We can't, we don't even, I don't know if it's entrepreneurship, if it's 2023, just like the world we live in, we just can't sit in what we signed up for is the freedom and the time and the flexibility, like uncomfortable sitting in that. And it's like so hard for it. Why not enjoy it? Well, I really think that a lot of that comes from fear. I think that we're afraid that we're not going to have enough eventually, or if we don't say yes to everything, our business is going to crumble. Like we just have these really weird (laughs) misconceptions about what's going to happen if we actually prioritize ourselves and the things we value. But that's just not the truth. 
Yeah, that's something that we definitely need to squash the mindset thing. And I agree to that so much too. I think people are like, yeah, scared to take time off or scared that they'll lose that momentum in their business. And a lot of it too is like not having a game plan, like from a strategic standpoint, but then from a mindset standpoint, like you said, it's not true. <laughs> As entrepreneurs and stuff, like with no one telling us how to run things, how to set boundaries, and we kind of need to have our own discipline. Can we talk about a little bit more like the addictiveness that comes? like with being an entrepreneur. Like, I don't know about you, but like in the past, I've been addicted. I've been there. I've been addicted to like working every single second I've had. And can we talk about how someone can maybe break out of that space and out of that mentality and kind of create a new healthy relationship around their work? Yeah, totally. Man, there's so many things that go into this, (laughs) but I really think part of it is that we have to come to terms with the fact that the to-do list will not ever actually be done. And it's like we're striving for this unachievable doneness <laughs> that doesn't exist. <laughs> we have to like learn to get comfortable with the in-between and the unfinished and the in-progress. You'll read that in a ton of business books and all over the place, but are we actually living that? Are we trying to actually be okay with the in-between? And to even recognize it for really the success that that is in and of itself. A lot of times we're just ignoring what's happened already and we're not celebrating the wins we've had. We're just looking ahead to the next thing. And so I think if we would pay more attention to where we've already come and what we've already defeated to get there and the way that that's even already serving our life, that we could maybe be a little more content with where we're at. And not let the business and the goals and the to-do list rule our life so much. And I honestly think a lot of it is that we're letting it happen. We are letting it happen, but we're not taking responsibility for that, which is hard. It's a hard truth. Nobody wants to be told that it's their fault. (laughs) Right? But only you, only I can control our calendar and can say no or yes. Just because someone asks us, doesn't mean we have to say yes to do something. And I think a lot of times we blame those people. Like, they shouldn't have asked. Or there's all these people who are waiting till the last minute to book their sessions. Oh, well, you can just say no. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Yeah. You're the only one that's in charge of that. Mm -hmm. And also, people don't know. People don't know your lives, too. So if you're not communicating that boundary, it's not going to be set. Exactly. Um, And I love, love, can I go back to a second you saying the to-do list is never ending. It, it never, never ends. Uh, it's it's one of those things. Yeah, it's never going to go away. And something that I love to tell my students too is the big three method. So picking three things, maybe a day or a week to focus on that are actually going to move the needle forward in your business. Your big three and your to-do list are two very different things because your to-do list is always going to be things there. But your big three, it's like, what are three things that I can accomplish today or this week that are actually going to make impact? And I can tell you right now, editing a session, sending out sneak peeks, answering emails, those are not things that should be on your big three list. Those those are not going to move your business forward. Those are to-do list tasks that are just keeping your business running. They're not moving them forward. I think that's a good combination of like the mindset and then the strategy and like bringing those together right there. Yeah. And I think even another like way to help our brains in that process is to not be looking at the full to-do list all the time either. So a big mistake I see people make is have this massive list and that's, they're looking at it all the time. So they're literally constantly feeling guilty 
about what they're not getting done. Yeah. And so they're not focusing on the thing that's in front of them and that they need to get done. Yes. And so one of the best things I ever did, I read a book like five or six years ago about productivity. One of the best things I did was follow that and create a weekly to-do list. And I don't look at the master list unless I'm putting it on that week. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes, absolutely. So it's like, it's similar to you're taking the big things you know you need to accomplish that week. Yes. And only focusing and looking at them. Yep. Exactly. And I love that from a mental standpoint and strategy too. I'm a, I love the strategy. I love all that stuff, but just mentally looking at it and not feeling drained. Cause like if I have a long, long list that I'm looking at and I'm stressed, I'm immediately stressed. And then I'm entering my workspace and my workday in from a stressful point from not a place in my heart that I'm excited, like, you know, excited and motivated to work. I'm coming at it overwhelmed. I'm starting overwhelmed. So I think that's super helpful. Yeah. It's been life-changing for me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. And that's like, that, that's what's helped me too. And it's nice to stay focused and all that stuff too. So that's really, really helpful. I've spent a lot of time though, earlier on in my business and just like in general too, saying, if I can do this, then I can slow down. Like once I accomplish this, then I can take a step back and then I can do that only to quickly realize and my husband says it too. He's, my husband says this to me all the time. Trent goes, it's never going to slow down for you because you're going to find the next thing and start that. And it's almost like I've had to kind of take that and take that advice and be like, oh gosh, you're right. Because at first I had some I had some serious like resistance around that when he would say that. I'd almost get like offended almost. And I come to realize, no, like, you are so right. It's like you said, it's chasing that next mountaintop and all that stuff. How do you create a plan or boundaries around that to try to not have that happen? Yeah. Well, I think that really the first thing we have to do is actually define what we want balance and success to look like for us. So we need to, I actually think need to actually put it in writing. Mm -hmm. What do you want your life to look like? What do you want a week to look like? How many days are you working? How many hours are you working? We need to actually put those things into words because otherwise it just kind of happens and it gets away from us and it's the next week and then it's the next week. (laughs) And it just, you know, without intention, when we don't actually set intentions, things just happen. And that's when we kind of fall into that victim mindset of like, well, I just don't, I can't, I don't have time or these things just keep happening to me. But we need to take back control and make the decision of this is what I want my life to look like. These are the boundaries I need to set to make that happen and put safeguards in place too. So I think for photographers, block time off on your calendar a year or two years in advance. Even though the rest of your family or the world doesn't work that way, if you don't, they will fill up. Even have booking boundaries of like, I only do three weekends in a row and then I have to have weekend off and you have to, obviously you have to enforce that and hold to that. But even just setting that intention, defining that boundary, and maybe you need to communicate it to someone who can keep you accountable, you know? But if we just hope that we're gonna do better next year or next fall. It's, it's August. So this is like photographers need to hear 
you need to plan for time off in October. You need to like actually set the days aside. And if somebody waited until the last minute, that's not your problem. You can care about them. You can want to serve them, but it shouldn't be at the detriment of your family. You know? Yes, absolutely. And like, even like you were saying too, if you don't plan, it's just going to happen. But also on the flip side too, because I know you probably think this as well, like balance itself doesn't just happen either. Like you have to actually do it. You actually have to put in the work. You actually have to do what Val, exactly what you're saying, Val. You have to block it off. You have to set boundaries and be really strict in them. It's so easy as wedding photographers to be like, I have all these weekends and then get an inquiry and be like, okay, I guess I'll fill that one. What I kind of did was look at my weekends or like look at my months and I only take a certain amount of weddings a month and I've seriously cut back. And I even had a really, really ideal dream client, like budget was whatever I would charge them, come to me and they wanted to get married like last minute. And I had one weekend available and I had it blocked off and you'd be proud of me, Val. I said, no, I was not available. Good job. High five. That was the first time because I usually, like you said, I want to serve. You can serve people another way, but I want to be like, oh, I just, I really want to help. You know, I really want to photograph your day and not for the reasons I just said. I just genuinely really do. And yeah, it's hard. And, and you know what they did? They said that's fine. They found another date around my availability and did it and planned for that. Wow. And so it's, it's crazy of like, People do respect it. I think people do have even more respect for you when you do have boundaries set in place. And they might even perceive you as like a higher value business because you are more established and you have those boundaries. And so like you were saying, Val, the fear thing, I think that's, if not anything, motivation to not have fear around that, that people do value it as well. They do. And they also want you to have boundaries and they want you to be able to show up fully. And so if you're taking on too much work, you are not serving your clients Mm -hmm. to the best of your ability. And that's hurting them and in the long run, hurting your business. So it's funny. We're afraid that if we say no, it's going to hurt our business. But then if we keep saying yes, we're going to hurt our business. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, you (laughs) You know, choose your hard. Yeah. I have found, and I talk about premium clients a lot, and this is kind of goes and ties into it as well. The more I did set those boundaries, the more I saw a change in the way my clients and potential clients spoke to me. Yes. It was what I was speaking out into the world and my boundaries and mm-hmm. communication and expectations and just my brand in general. People would start off their emails because a lot of people do work nine to five and or you know, to day jobs and they they end up emailing me at night and stuff like that. And which is fine mm-hmm. because they start off their email being like, I'm sorry to reach out to you at this time. I know that you'll reach out to me back. Or just in the way that they are speaking and approaching too, they have more respect around that. And they don't expect a response from me because I have put out that messaging and that boundary. That's also another just motivation and just to not be fearful around it. Because I honestly just think the more boundaries you have, the higher your business is perceived. Like people will respect that. I think we have made this definition of professionalism that is getting back to someone within like an hour (laughs) or that I don't actually think that's, that's what professionalism is. I mean, you don't go to the bank at 11 PM and expect them to be there. 
all these traditional businesses, we don't have these expectations on them that we put on ourselves. Mm -hmm. But then if we don't adhere to those things, we're training people to treat us that way. Yes. So if you're responding at midnight, then they're going to expect that you might do that again. A hundred percent. Oh my goodness. That's it. And that's exactly it too. And Sometimes with seasons of life, like you got to just crack open the laptop when you can. And like, I get that. I totally, I totally get that. I have a bit, a newborn and a two year old and I transition and there's no shame around doing that and all that stuff. But busy season is upon us for photographers. It's always busy, season, but busy, busy season, especially for us here in the Midwest. But what are some ways to kind of help protect yourself against overbooking, overcommitting, and essentially putting yourself and your health and your reputation even at risk too. Because like you said, the more overbooked you are, you are putting yourself, your health and your reputation at risk. And so what are some boundaries that people we can put in place for busy season coming up? So I really think one of the best things you can do is actually plan time off in advance or have booking limits. So I will only take this many sessions per week if it's like family sessions or if it's weddings, I'm only going to take this many per month or in a row or even weekends. And even some people don't thrive in double or triple headers. And so I think we need to like know that about ourselves mm-hmm. and ha- just set the boundary. Just say, I just don't do that. And some of those things, I think it's even helpful to communicate them ahead of time, like on your website. Yeah. So I know some people will put their availability on their website or they'll you know, put like office hours as a common thing to see like in an email signature. But even for people to see upfront that I only take this many a week and that's a hard line. And even when you're communicating that to say in order to serve you best and to love my family well, and here's the boundary, Mm -hmm. like that phrase and, you know, however you would want to say it to fit your voice. I think that's really powerful because then people understand you're not just saying no. You're not just not serving them. You actually are serving them well by saying, I can't take you in good faith to like give you the experience that I'm marketing. So making those boundaries, setting them, and then communicating them with the why behind it is kind of the best way to really make it happen. Oh, that is such a beautiful phrase, Val. Because sometimes I love to serve people as much as I can that I think sometimes people forget I also have to serve my family too. And in order to do that, and in order to serve you, I have to serve them and that, you know, vice versa and stuff. So I think that's a beautiful way to phrase it that everybody can respect and appreciate. I know it's easy to fall into the, oh, I have a session every day. I've got two sessions a day. But what would it look like to say, I only do sessions on Tuesdays or I only do family sessions if you're like a couples photographer, but get family inquiries. I only do families two days a year in the fall and like kind of promote your mini session days. And then that way you're not having like every single night where you're away from your family. Like I have one day that I have set aside to do family sessions. Here's the time slots. Go ahead. You don't always have to bend over backwards. People are going to find ways to make it work as well. Right. And I think a big part of that too is not giving people the option to give you other dates aside from what you're offering. Exactly. Because if they can't make it happen, they will ask. And that should be their responsibility. It's not your responsibility to have every hour of every day available to them. 
Yeah. And that's totally something that I say all the time too. I'm like, don't leave that door open. Don't give the option. Again, if it doesn't, they will come back to you and ask. And I'm not saying to not provide that to them, but don't start off way to leave the door open. It's almost like leaving an email being asking like with photos and stuff. You're like, let me know if you want any of these and, you know, edited differently or black and white. It's like, it's leaving that door open. That's why I like, I don't love texting clients either because that also gives a level of comfortability that they feel like they can request things and ask things when it's like, it's just leaving doors open that don't need to be. And so, yeah, I like that. Don't give, don't give options. And if it doesn't work, they will let you know. And then of course you can, then you can see them and meet them where they're at. That helps with boundaries too. I really love that. Two, you've talked about before setting rest minimums and setting rest maximums for yourself. Can you speak into that a little bit more? Yes, totally. So we've got the boundary of how many sessions we'll take or how many weddings or weekends in a row, all of that. But I think we also need the inverse of what type of rest do I need? How often do I need it? And and that comes back to that version of success and version of balance. So do you want to take two week-long vacations every year? Or do you want to take a month sabbatical every year? I take two months completely off every year. And I've had a lot of people be like, how on earth can you do that? But so that's where money comes in. Finances come in, which that'll be on the other episode. (laughs) Yes, part two. But it's really about making that decision ahead of time. This is what I want for my life and my family. And that should also come down to the day and the week. So how much rest do you need per day? We're talking both sleep and like awake rest, like just not working. And so we need to have a time that we're closing the laptop. We need to have days that we aren't on our laptop at all. Like I am a very strong believer. You need at least one full day every single week where you're not working at all. And I would say two would be better, <laughs> but you know, start somewhere Yep, yep. <laughs> and work your way up to it. And part of that even just comes from this theory that we, like, if we have more time, we will fill it. And so, like, if you think about writing a paper in school, if you waited until the last minute, well, it would only take you that long to do it, right? But otherwise, if we give ourselves a week, we will take the full week. So we want to look at our work that way too. And that's how it actually benefits our business for us to have this scheduled intentional time off both every night, every week, and then every year, you know, depending on what it is you're doing, you may need to do like quarterly or monthly, but you gotta, you've got to make those decisions and then put them in place. Absolutely. Yeah. And I love that too. Just it's not filling your time and space with other things and just be very intentional about what you are. And I think that boundary that just definitely needs to be set in place. Okay. So what's kind of just one final piece of advice that you would leave for this part of the episode? I would say take responsibility for your time, but give yourself grace, ease into it, train yourself. Like don't expect yourself to be perfect at this right away and allow yourself to do it in phases. So set the intentions, really dream about what you want your life to look like, and then build your business around that because you will never regret that. You just won't. Yeah. 
I love that. And that's that's awesome. And that's kind of the whole takeaway from this whole episode, just to tie it up, wrap it up. You've been just an awesome example of doing this for yourself and your business and your family. And I just feel also feel like it just comes with experience too. And like we all have different thresholds and our minimums and maximums, like you said, might all be different. So give yourself grace and don't be hard on yourself because it almost takes you to hit that, I don't want to say bottom, but hit that that lower threshold to realize, okay, I don't want to do this or I can't handle that anymore. Knowing that it almost just takes you hitting that point to understand and figure out what your own is and don't be hard on yourself for when that does is how can we bounce back and find balance from that? And I think that's essentially what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, oh my goodness, you've been amazing. This episode's been awesome. And we are going to dive into part two now next, to dive into finances. Thank you for coming on this episode today. Tell us where we can find you. Yeah. So I'm on Instagram. It's Val underscore Marlene underscore creative. And then my website is valmarlene.com. Amazing. Yeah. We'll make sure to take it in the show notes and all of that stuff. But thank you so much for this part, Val. I'm really excited to get into part two. Same. Thanks. And that is a wrap on part one of this two-part series with Val. Tune in for the next episode where we dive into knowing and organizing your finances as a photographer, because let's be real, as a creative entrepreneur, that does not always come naturally. And if you loved this episode, make sure to screenshot it and share it to your stories and tag me at Rachel Traxler so that I can see which episodes you're loving the most and share the love in return. Thank you so, so much for listening to today's episode. I appreciate you so much. Keep shining and we'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.